In Scotland, when friends get together, they blether. When these three friends happen to be Scottish Blue Badge tourist guides, you can be sure that the country that they're so passionate about will be right at the heart of their discussions, be it contemporary or historical, culinary or cultural, reminiscence or anecdote. From accommodation to zoos, the chat will range right across the entire alphabet of topics and issues that are live and happening in Scotland right now. We hope that you'll join us. There's nothing to beat a recht git blether. And you could also join in our blethers on social media. You can find us as at Scottish Blethers on both Facebook and Instagram. We post additional content during the week that supports the podcast episode. We love making the podcasts and would love it if you could share them with your friends and leave a review on the platform of your choice. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Blethers. I'm Liz Lister and I'm joined by Helen Houston. And this week we have a very special guest because Helen and I are both Rick Steves guides and the final stop on the Rick Steves tour is at Glenburnie Guesthouse in Oban and it's a home from home. Absolutely love it. And so we're delighted to welcome our friend and host, Graham Strachan. Hello, Graham. Hi, how are you both? We're doing a wall, doing a wall. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely to be here and it's lovely to, to hear you both. It's uh, I, I miss... You know, with uh, what's been happening recently, I've uh, we all miss you. The team at Glenburnie miss you uh, being around. So it's uh, nice to hear you. It's a strange year. I mean, you love Glenburnie as well, don't you, Helen? Oh, absolutely adore it. And I'm just thinking, Graham, looking out of you across the water um, from your from Glenburnie. I'm sitting here in Salon, and I'm looking out on clear blue skies, bright, bright sunshine, and cherry trees in blossom. So. It's a lovely view, but not a patch on the one over the water from Glenburnie. Uh, we've had, um, I don't know if it's because there's been um, less people around because of the pandemic, but there's a lot of otters on the go at the moment. And uh, all the guests are saying in the morning, early in the morning, when they're looking out over the water, there's, there's always a, a bit of an otter show going on. And especially at low tide, when the rocks are exposed, there's a lot of mussels on the rocks and uh, an otter, it's, I think it's its favourite snack and it, uh, it, they, it's just you could watch them for hours, it's really great fun We're talking about Glenburnie here, Graham, but of course for the majority of our listeners they won't know what Glenburnie is, so tell us a wee bit about Glenburnie Guesthouse and how you came to be there Oh well, it's, um, it's a, a big big Victorian uh, villa I suppose, a semi-detached villa on right on the waterfront in Oban um, It was built in 1897 I think it was, um, as far as we know, it was built by a, a local doctor. And the bigger rooms in the house were originally used as surgeries and, and things. So, But it was a family home and, and medical surgery. But we came in here, my parents bought it in 1968. Easter, they came in just at Easter in 1968. And I was um, the ripe old age of one. Oh, at gosh. that time so it's been my family home I could um, my mum my mum loves telling the story of how I used to be able to run underneath the kitchen table 
Um, so I can't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's been a real sort of proper family home for us as well as a business. Um, um, my dad was, he worked, um, he was an engineer with the Northern Lighthouse Board. He was deep sea before and they came down from Aberdeen. He was deep sea. Mum used to travel all over the world with him between Cape Town and um, India. They spent a lot of time in Calcutta and Buenos Aires um, and Argentina. Um, and uh, he decided when my brother was born um, to move back to Scotland and uh, set up a home in Oban. And uh, they, they took this big chance. I, th- I think my mum, uh, my dad was at sea and I think my mum bought the house at an auction. Um, and she'd gone, I think, £50 over the limit that they'd set. And she was petrified when my dad came back <laughs> from, from sea that she'd get a row. But uh, it's turned in, you know, we've had a, it's been a really happy home for us as well. But, you know, it's, it's a business, but fundamentally it's been our home. Um, and it's, uh, it's been a really, really happy place, you know, for us and, you know, welcoming thousands of guests over the years. Um, so we have 12 bedrooms, um, that we're letting bedrooms. Um, there used to be more, you know, a lot of the rooms had been split in the 60s um, and, you know, before we took the house over. So it's, it's really back to its original state and... We've been quite um, sympathetic in trying to keep its original characters and, uh, you know, with modern facilities as well, with bathrooms, etc. But it's uh, we've tried to keep the integrity of the house. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's been a special, as you ladies know, um, you've, we've hosted you many times. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's extra special. I mean, sitting in the in the wee lounge watching, it's on the North Promenade, so you're looking straight out into, what is it, the Sound of Kerrera? Is that the stretch of water? Is that what it's called? Kerrera, the Sound of Kerrera. Yeah. Sound of Kerrera. And so you're watching there, and there's something different coming in every day. You know, it could be um, the Royal uh, Yacht Bloodhound that um, Prince Charles and Princess Anne Learn to sail on. I've seen that coming in. And what was the the big ship? The the guy from Ineos, the oil, um, the oil tycoon. What is his boat called again? Oh yeah, there's been some really big super yachts in the in the summer when the Mediterranean gets really hot. A, a lot of the the really big super yachts have started. It's become quite fashionable to come up to the west coast of Scotland, where the of course, there's all these beautiful islands that you can visit. And um, if the weather's bad, you can shelter in behind the islands. So it's just, you know, a lot of the big yachts getting away from the extreme heat, you know, in July and August. So it's become really popular with that. But we've had Britannia here as well. The the, the, the Royal Yacht has been in Oban. You know, I, I remember that. I think the year before she was decommissioned, um, she did a, a tour of, of Scotland. Yeah, I've got to say one boat you've not mentioned, Graham, but I think you'd be too young. I think you'd probably only be, if you were one when you came there, you'd probably only be about um, five or six. But a little boat sailed in to the sound of Kerrera there and four people on board thinking, oh, we can do this, sailed right up under sail, no engine going under sail. And we picked up a boy in the middle of the bay a B-U-O-Y in the middle of the bay and tied up there and put down the dinghy and rowed ashore. And then the fishermen who at that time, there were lots of fishing boats in the harbour at that time. And the fishermen said, oh, I wouldn't leave your boat out there. There's a big storm coming. <laughs> we thought we'd done so well picking up the, you know, the boy and tying up. So we had to go way back out and untie it and come back to the where the fishermen were. But the, you didn't you didn't spot that that we both a four, a four berth um, sail cabin cruiser. 
Goodness, goodness! I didn't, I didn't know that yeah. you sailed. That's interesting. So I, I love my sailing too. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah. We race. Um, I used to race uh, every week. Um, there's a, a really good sailing club in Oban. It's, um, we we used to race on a Wednesday night. Um, and then there was West Highland Week, which is a, a full week of sailing between, um, Oban and Mull and down to Crewe Haven and round, uh, you know, round the islands locally here. It's around around Lismore. Oh, that's, that's a yes. really big yacht race. The, the, you know, there used to be maybe two two hundred and fifty yachts yeah. competing in that. It was very special. Well, all I would say is that I'm glad that Helen remembers this one because the last <laughs> podcast, the, the last um, episode that we did, when she was talking about visiting Coruña in Spain, she couldn't even remember that she'd been there. She'd had too much of the brandy, um, so she yeah. does. At least it was memorable. Well, when I tell she you, came it was very Oban. memorable when we were sailing because another another time we were there in the, I think it probably is the Sound of Easdale, where if I describe it, you kind of you you sail uh-huh. down. Mm-hmm. We were going back to Loch. Craignish, you sail down and then the water kind of does a left-hand turn, a little waterfall, a little bump over and a, and a left-hand mm-hmm. turn. Well, again, beautiful sunset and we were watching the sun going down and, you know, just thinking, oh, this is good, we're getting on fine. And then, you know, up up comes the cry, I've lost steerage way, which meant that we were no longer in control of the boat. And so we knew there was a marker post that we had to keep to the right-hand side of. So we, we managed to do that, but we did hit it as we went over. And um, about five minutes later, looked into the down downstairs, as they say, and uh, it was quite a lot of water in there. So I spent the next two hours pumping out <laughs> till we could beach the thing when we got to um, Loch Craignish. <laughs> And then the Clyde Cruising Club manual had had a, a note in it the next year about that marker boy knocked sideways. <laughs> Excitement uh, on the uh, on the high seas. <laughs> a, bit of, yeah. a bit of drama there, Helen. Yeah. This is fast becoming the adventures <laughs> of Helen on the high seas. <clears throat> However, like when you mentioned when you mentioned Easdale there, Helen. Um, Easdale, tell us about that. I, I love it. It's a, a lovely day out from Oban. Tell us about Easdale, Graham. Oh, it's um, it's about uh, about fifteen miles south of Oban, and um, it's uh, you go over the Atlantic Bridge, um, which is a, a a very steep little bridge that goes over a, a narrow uh, a narrow inlet in between um, the mainland and Seal Island, and then you drive across Seal and there's a you take a little ferry across to Easdale Island, um, which was the um, Back in its day, it was a very busy, um, industrious little place. It was the slate quarries, and uh, there's some incredible slate quarries there. And it was um, it was hit round about I think about nineteen oh eight, nineteen ten, something round about then. I'm not sure, but round about then, um, it was almost like a tsunami. There was a big storm, and um, the the quarries were below sea level. Um, but the, the 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 water breached and they they were all flooded and it, it was it was halted the, the the operation was halted but all the local houses in Oban um have got Easdale slate on the roofs and there was a, a big pier um which the the ruins of it are still there and um you, you they used to take boats all the way down to Glasgow and so a lot of the old tenements in Glasgow and and you know houses in Glasgow have got Easdale slate it was a it was a it's a really interesting museum. A super place to go for the day, and it's uh, yeah, it's really worth visiting. It's so atmospheric, it's a photographer's dream because you've got these big, deep, 
sunken quarries now and the the remains of the houses that people lived in, which people still are living in. I mean, it's just a, well, it's only about five minutes across in the ferry. And Seal Island itself, that's where Frances Shand Kidd, the mother of Princess Diana, Princess of Wales. At Arden Capel, yeah, she lived at Arden Capel, which is a lovely estate on Seal Island, yeah. But it, the Seal, Seal Island's got lots of cute little cottages, whitewashed cottages, and uh, there are no cars. There's about 50 residents, permanent residents on the island, and a lot of them commute, you know, from, from up to Oban to work, or they work from home on the island. Um, but as you get off the little foot passenger ferry, there's rows and rows of wheelbarrows, upturned wheelbarrows, and they all have like a house number or just Bob or whatever, you know, and uh, everyone has their little wheelbarrow for taking their, their messages, their, their shopping, their groceries back to their houses. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's quite famous, it's little rows of, of wheelbarrows. It's really fun. My cousin stayed there for a short time, you know, with, you hear these house there and uh, they had their wheelbarrow. And it, it is, it's just fascinating. But don't they have on Eastdale the world skiffing championships with the flat stones where you stone skimming yes, yes they have that uh, don't they yeah and people come from all over the world and it was somebody from where was it last the last couple of years it was an international winner um but uh, people come from all over the world and it's the the, the international stone skimming <laughs> Um, and they, they use the, the old quarries because, you know, they're very sheltered. So they've got really lovely, flat, calm water. And then they have these super flat slate stones that they skim. And, uh, oh, it's very exciting. Yeah. To hear all the people cheering and shouting. It's, uh, you know, high energy. So I, mean, I suppose that you're spoilt for choice when it's choosing where to go to from a day, for a day out from Oban. So where's your favourite excursion? Oh, I love going over to Mull. Um, it's uh, the, my my brother actually lives at the north end of Mull at Calgary, um, Calgary uh, Beach. There, if you're as you're standing on Calgary Beach, if you look out to see the right hand shore all the way around the point, um, Kaliach, uh, it's called, and they have a it means old old lady or old woman, and from from above the the coastline looks like the face of a, an old woman, um, but they have a lovely wee farm there. Um, and it's the Calgary Beach is one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. It's often rated um, as one of the most spectacular white sand beaches. It's beautiful, and it's not too far from Derveg, which is a lovely wee village to visit. And um, Tobermory, um, uh, some of you'll know it as Balamory, the, the the children's program where all the houses are different colours, and there's some lovely restaurants and shops and gift shops. It's a super place to visit. And at the south end of Mull. Um, you can go across to Iona, which I know that you know very well. It's a very um, significant um, a religious um, settlement where the Abbey is, Iona Abbey, and it's got it's a very spiritual place. Maybe if you're not um, religious, there's a sort of spiritual feeling on the island. It's a very special place to visit. So Mall's got a lot to offer. Yeah, all the islands are different. You know, I'm sure you'll agree, uh, ladies, that they... They all have their own personalities, you know, Col and Tyree and Lismore, Kerrera. They're, they're all different um, somehow. It's, uh, so it's, you really need to take your time. It's a bit like the Caribbean. You, know, you, you don't want to be in a rush when you visit the islands. And it's like the Caribbean. You want to see it on a sunny day. Yeah, I was just going to say, comparing the, the Scottish islands with the Caribbean, that's, that's fantastic marketing. You have to remember to bring your fur-lined <laughs> bikini, though, Helen. 
<laughs> yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> I remember a number. I think it was 1984. We were uh, some school friends. We'd gone over to Iona for the day, and we ended up missing the ferry home and had to borrow money from somebody's mum that we knew that lived on the island so we could stay in the youth hostel. It was really funny, but it was 84 degrees on Iona. Oh. And all the, the, the highland cows, you know, at the beach over at the back. Uh-huh. It, it, it's the the yeah. beach at the uh-huh. back That's of the ocean. It, it has the called. Iona beach yeah. party once and, a year, uh-huh. yep. Yeah, and all the all the Highland coos, the Highland coos were all sweating. They were they were pure bilin. They were really hot. They were all lying in the water, wondering what on earth had happened. And that day has gone down in history. It's probably in the record books. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, if you catch Iona or any of the islands on a day like that, the water is just such an aquamarine colour. It's just beautiful. And um, it's two places really when you see it like that compared with when you see it on a wild, wet, windy day. You don't quite get the spirituality to the same extent uh-huh. Uh-huh. but there's you know a lot of people go to Iona for the day there's a, a wonderful day trip you know and if you don't have you know if you're stuck for time you know the day trip is really spectacular but I, I feel that you really need to stay the night you know a night or two um, you know so when yeah. the day trippers have gone you have time to just sit and watch the sun setting into the water or Watching the sun coming up in the morning, the little the little hill is it Danad? It's called is it Danai? Danai. You know, Danai, Danai. Um, to, to be to be sitting there, uh, you know, almost on your own, um, just to experience the peace of the island is something that if you've got time, yeah. um, you know, to, to schedule, you know, at least a night. And of course, the, the residents yeah, last year have never had it so good. Because in 2020, um, they were basically in lockdown on the island. The ferry wasn't bringing across the tourists as it normally would. And the weather in 2020 was just fantastic. So they were just absolutely in heaven. They had it all to themselves in this beautiful sunshine. Yeah, it's... um... Yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a mixed bag really for the people on the islands because a lot of them are dependent on tourism, you know. So a, a lot of people were really wanting the tourists to return, but the non-tourist um, residents on the island were really quite enjoying the peace and quiet, you know. So it's uh, it's a balance, you know, and it's uh, it all it all works hand in hand. But uh, it's, uh, it's it's starting to come back to normal, which is good at the moment. Yeah, it is good, isn't it? Uh huh. Yeah, so it's uh, the the, the uh, yeah the the um, Tobermory. I was in Tobermory on Tuesday last week, and it's uh, it's really beginning to sort of kind of come back to life again after a wee hibernation almost. So it's uh, it's nice. It's good. Now, the islands are absolutely fabulous, and of course, Oban is called the Charing Cross of the islands because it's the harbour at Oban that the ferries, the Caledonian McBrain or Calmac ferries, go out of Oban across to all of the islands. So Oban really became a Victorian hotspot, didn't it? It's a lovely place to live. Yes. Uh, when we first came into the house, um, there were ferry services coming up from Glasgow. And uh, I remember there was a, an, a, a great old man who um, used to meet the train and the ferries down at the pier. And he had a sort of wooden cart, a big wooden cart, and you gave him a shilling or whatever and... Uh, uh, he would take your luggage to the hotel because people, um, when we first moved into Glen Burnie, you could only stay for a week. It was dinner, bed and breakfast. 
and high tea on a Sunday so mum and dad could go to church. We didn't want to be running too late on a Sunday. So you got high tea from salmon that my dad had acquired from somewhere. And uh, it was, uh, you stayed for the week and it was £17.50 for a week. Dinner, bed and breakfast. Oh my goodness. And Helen, there were only two bathrooms in the house. There was one in the middle floor and one in the top floor. And you know something? They, my mum still talks about all the people who became friends queuing for the bathroom in the morning. And they would stand, you know, with their, their toilet bag and their towel, and people would meet lifelong friends, you know, waiting. Um, and often they would come the same week, the same, you know, each year they would cut and they would meet, you know, the same people. And, you know, it was, we, we all think the ensuite bathrooms these days are the best thing ever, but there was, you know, the, the, um, there was something very bonding about about these experiences, you know. Going going down the hall to the bathroom. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. But mum often says you know, like the, the the friendships that were made, um, you know, back in the day. Um, and was, do you was think very special? Do you think that your customers have become much more demanding these days? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, I think some expectations of have. have uh, have changed you know mm-hmm. it's um it's, it's difficult to to you know the people have become much more private as well you know the the um the, i think that people are working very hard and they 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 like to have privacy when when they're uh, they're traveling um yeah it's it's i, I remember i remember we were from the my my own children were a bit younger we were at um, a, a big resort type hotel in Scotland, and uh, which I'm sure you've all been to, where they, they used to have a, a big Cayley band on a Saturday night, and um, uh-huh. in, in the Winter Garden. And uh, I remember listening to two ladies on the way back to the lift saying, "This place has never been the same since they put televisions in the bedrooms." <laughs> and you know, because people would finish their dinner and go back upstairs to watch Coronation Street or these theatres, whatever. And the atmosphere, this, you know, like, I, I was lugging into the conversation, you know, eavesdropping, yeah. and uh, it, it really made a lot of sense, you know, because the the the, the last time I was there, the, the the Cayley band was playing and it, it didn't have the same atmosphere because you know people don't socialize the same way yeah yeah no I think people have become much more sophisticated in their travel I mean when we went on holiday as children you tended to go back to the same place every year and so you did get to know the owners and the people that were there at the same time as you were um which doesn't happen you know people have higher expectations now yeah definitely but uh yeah, but uh, yeah, you certainly know how to party, Liz. Liz, Liz holds the record at Glenburnie <laughs> for being the, the the latest to bed on a Rick's team tour. What goes on tour stays on tour, Graham. <laughs> so moving on, um, recommendations. If somebody's coming to stay in Oban, where would you recommend for a good meal? I mean, Oban is the seafood capital, isn't it, of Scotland? So recommendations. Oh, it's fantastic! Well, I think I think if the weather's nice, um, the the seafood hut, um, the, the the seafood shack is on the on the pier. The green, green shack, the green shack is is really world famous, and um, it's amazing value for money as well. They have lobsters and the seafood platters are incredible. Um, you know, twenty, 20 you know, between twenty and thirty pounds, you get this feast 
of scallops and mussels and prawns and langoustines and all sorts of it's just fantastic. You can sit outside and um, you have to be careful for the seagulls, but uh, it's that's a real treat. Um, you know, and you can if you're self catering even in Oban, you can order them and take them home and sit in the garden and enjoy a real feast. You know, I, I dread to think what these things would cost. In, you know, like in a in a big department store in London, like Harrods, you ca- I can't imagine what that would cost. You know, so it's really fresh. It's literally straight in off the pier, and and they they cook the the the, um, the scallops and things in front of you. It's great. And then just along from that, you've got the waterfront restaurant, which is great, and Eask, um, right on the pier. You know, a lot of them are right on the water, and it's also fresh. You know, everything. You know, you know, freshly landed or locally farmed fish as well so you know there's there's um the halibut um uh, a friend of, of ours um has the halibut farm just down the coast and it's uh it, you know it's really lovely fresh fish yep you're both forgetting the open fish and chip shop because to my mind it's the best it is absolutely the best yeah. the, the, the the um there's, there's several i i don't think you can get a bad fish and you know fish and chips in Oban. Um, but the, the the top one, the Oban Fish and Chip Shop, they have a a, a, a great menu. They can, you can sit in there as well as take away, and they do a a, a, a South Indian cod curry, um, which is my favourite thing in Oban. Actually, it's absolutely delicious. So that you can have you know your traditional fish and chips, but they also do all sorts of other nice things, smoked mackerel, and it's uh, yeah, you, you'll certainly not go hungry in Oban. Well, I, I do like the, the, the green shack. You know, when I have a tour, a Rick Steves tour, we go over to Iona for the day. I always, before we get on the ferry to go to Mull and Iona, I order up seafood platters to be ready when we come off the boat at six o'clock. And we just sit round outside and share. We usually get about three of these seafood platters for the group. And we just pick away at that food that you've described, Graham. It's absolutely stunning. And um, I've... Stood next to people mm. there, you know, just you know, taking up conversation. And one man said, I've traveled the world, I've traveled the world, but I've never had a seafood platter like this. And as you say, Graham, for the money, unbelievable cost. Yeah, and I think when you have such, when you have such really great quality produce, it, it just cooking mm-hmm. it very simply and sitting outside. Yeah. Um, it just tastes fantastic. I don't. There's something about sitting outside things, and you know what I love—the smell of someone else's fish and chips, <laughs> especially in the winter. There's something walking down the street and behind somebody that's eating fish and chips, and I don't know the the, the winter smell. I don't know what it is, but there's, there's nothing there. <laughs> and of course, we have a saying in Scotland that you're as happy as a seagull yes. with a stolen chip. <laughs> <laughs> the seagulls—that's something that you, I think we need to warn. You know, potential visitors to open about the seagulls because they they've become um, much more yeah. skilled at, at pinching your chips and and they uh, some uh, I I bought a, a, a down at the seafood shack last summer I bought a, a crab sandwich and I lit, I just unwrapped it and literally this thing came down the seagull hit me from behind and went off my mouth both of both them the sandwiches out of my hand. <laughs> Both of them. I know it's they're they're much more yeah. confident somehow. Have you found yeah. that? Yeah, they're they're brutal. And of course, we have a thing in Scotland, both with pigeons and with seagulls, that you don't feed them yeah. because really they're vermin. Uh-huh. But yeah. I remember when Rick Steves was across recording one of his shows, he had one of our colleagues, Colin Mayer, out on on a 
a, um, a recce with him um, filming and they were sitting at the harbour and he's saying to Colin, throw them a chip, throw them a chip. You know, of course, Colin's like, well, this isn't really the done thing here. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good for the camera. Yeah, last last um, uh, spring, you know, when we went into lockdown last year, um, I, I think the seagulls were really put out more than anyone else because they, they, they really depend on, the, particularly uh-huh. the tourists, you know, throwing them chips and, and um, they, they were almost stalking yeah. you you know they would stand and look in the kitchen window and if you were sitting in your car they, they would stand uh, you know by the on the pavement and, and look in the window so it was really eyeing you up um you know where are my chips it's uh, <laughs> i think they suffered the most yeah. and when you're as close contact with that they are very big aren't they oh they really are yeah i don't know what's worse a seagull or a midgey <laughs> tell them about the midges then, Graham. Particularly bad on the west coast. Tell us all about the midges. Yeah, well, they're tiny little flying flying insects, and they, they're um, they're kind of like the the Scottish mosquito, but they're not anything like as bad. It's just, you know some people react to them, but uh, they, they just give you a, a tiny tiny little nip, uh, but not you know. I, don't, I think generally they don't you know you know people don't react to them. But, they don't carry any diseases. No, they're, um, and they're really important in the food chain to be honest you know a lot of a lot of uh, birds uh-huh. and things eat them you know they're, they're, they're actually really important um in in the food chain but um they, they're not too bad they don't like salt water and they don't like wind um no. so um if it's if there's any breeze at all um they, they just get blown away because they're so small um but uh, and they don't like it when it's really hot so they, they tend to come out at dusk or early in the morning and if you're, uh, I think, you know, the, probably the worst place, I think, Helen, you'll agree, is up Torridon Way. They seem to be terrible oh, up there. But there's yes. a lot of forestry. And, um, but where we are at Glenburn, the, the, the front of the house, you don't get bothered with them at all. Back of the house, where the forest is at the back, you, you know, they can. it's almost like chalk and cheese. But they, they, they don't like um, anywhere near the salt water. Um, but uh, they're... They're they're really only around sort of July August for you know a couple of months. They, you, you don't have them at all at the moment. Um, so maybe June, July, August. Um, but they're very fragile wee things really, and it's they don't like smoke. If you've got a citronella candle or, um, it, it's you know they're but you know they're just part of the Scottish culture really, aren't they? When we were growing up, we never thought about them at all. But I've noticed that everybody nowadays has these midge hats. Where they put hats with nets uh-huh. on to cover their faces, which yes, they didn't yes. exist when I was growing up. You just got bitten, and then you, the next day they were fine. But you just, as you say, yeah. a little breeze is all it needs. It's not got, got to be windy, windy. Just a breeze, and it keeps the midges away. Yeah, but I think you know if you're if you're somewhere that's very forested and. It's incredibly still. If you're camping somewhere a bit inland, they can be an absolute nuisance. But the the um, uh, people say that uh, um, skin so soft is really good. Yes, and it's, the Avon it's stuff. Like it's a natural. Mm-hmm. Um, the Avon stuff is meant to be really good, and of course, it's, it's better for the environment and good for your skin as well. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, but not, they're not they're not too big a, a pest. They're not I think too they bad. It's part more bad pest than necessary. Yeah. And it's part of the experience of holidaying in Scotland. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. So if you want to come, on, if you want to come to Scotland and avoid the midges, the way to do it in style is to go on the Hebridean Princess. 
And I think you've been on the Hebridean Princess, haven't you, Graham? I, I have. We we um we used to host a lot of the directors of the company, um and uh, you know when it was privately owned. So tell our listeners a little bit about the Hebridean Princess and why it is so highly rated. Yeah, well, it's a it's a, a an old Calmac Caledonian McBrain ferry, and um, it was called the Columba. And uh, it was it was bought over um, by a, a private company and turned into this sort of floating country house hotel. And uh, she takes, I think, 48 passengers. And it really is like a country house hotel. It's, it's very um, traditional, um, you know, very high end, you know, five star. Um, the, the, the crew all wear kilts. And it's, it's, a, it's a really beautiful experience. And, um, when we we were very friendly with the the directors and owners, and uh, they used to stay, you know, um, and have meetings in in, in the house, and uh, they always used to get us to go down um, and have guinea pig dinners. Um, we weren't eating guinea pigs, but we, it, we, we were, you know, the first two or three nights when the ship was taken up from Dry Dock in the springtime, um, you know, people were invited and they they used us as training. And it was it was great fun. And then she had another a sister ship, um, and my uh, my ex wife uh, was uh, the ship's doctor on board. And we travelled all over the world um, on this, you know, wonderful Scottish little ship. And uh, it's and the Queen, of course, had her I think her eightieth and her eighty yeah, fourth birthday. She chartered mm-hmm. it and had had all the family on board. And uh, it's a it's but it's it's really high end. But you. Everything is included, all the trips on the islands, and she does some really, really interesting itineraries, and even over to Norway and down to the Channel Islands and Ireland, I think she's doing this summer. Um, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's, I think since the Queen lost um, Britannia, Britannia yeah. when it was decommissioned, she if she wants to take the family for a cruise, then she um, commissions the Hebridean Princess, and everybody gets bumped, but they get very well rewarded for giving up their place <laughs> for the Queen. Yeah. So. It, it's a really, if you, you know, it's it's expensive, but you know, if you want to treat yourself, it, it's a really special thing to do. Another one for the bucket list. Absolutely. Now, Graham, you're with us, and we couldn't miss this opportunity because you come from Peter Heath originally, don't you? I mean, you're only one, right enough, but you, your parents were from Peter Heath. That's right, McQuine. Aberdeen, Aberdeen. Now, of course, up in Aberdeen, they speak a completely different language. Yeah, so Doric. we want you to give us, yeah, we want you to give us a crash course in Doric. So, oh, away you go, teach us some oh, Doric. Avafa yoke kuitsinu. Do you know what that is? Say it again. Avafa yoke kuitsinu. I have awful yoke eggs. Itchy. No? It means I have got terribly <laughs> itchy ankles at the moment. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's... Ellen, do you? <laughs> that's a useful one for you. Yes, <laughs> Ellen. Do you have any? Do you have any Doric? Well, I remember when I first went up to to Elgin. It's not quite Doric, but just along the coast. And the man came to the back door and said something, and I had no idea what he was talking about. Hadn't a clue. A bit like you speaking just now, Graham. And it turned out he was asking me if I wanted to if I wanted to buy tatties, um, you know, potatoes. Um, but I just hadn't a clue. Uh-huh. I got to know about quines and loons up there. Girls are quines and boys are loons. So an affy fine quiney. Yeah, it's it's a it's a 
it's a it's a completely different language. It's not just an accent. It's a it's a completely different um, accent, language. And I grew up with it. Um, you know, because my my parents were you know brought up in you know Peterhead, and it's uh, I I do, I wasn't even aware that I, I had yes. grown up bilingual. <laughs> And of course, the traditional greeting, which everybody knows, is fit like. Fit like. Fit like. Meaning what like. Mm-hmm. Fit like <laughs> and it. And of course, there's a range of um, responses to that. So if you were feeling absolutely pure dead brilliant, you were feeling great, what would the response be? I, I think there's, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then there's chavin a wall. Chavin a wall. Chavin a wall. All right. Fairly well. Yep, so uh, if anybody's thinking uh-huh. of going to Royal Deeside or um, to visit Balmoral, they might want to brush up on the Doric. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's, uh, yeah, but it's, you know, when you go to some of the, the small farming communities up there, um, the local people sometimes aren't even aware that they're speaking a different language. You know, they, they don't, mm-hmm. you know, they all speak English, but... Um, you know, there's a, there's a, you're just, you would be completely baffled, um, flummoxed, bamboozled, bamboozled, yeah, by it. It's a, no, it's a great, it's a, a part again. It's part of the, the the sort of Scottish culture, isn't it? It's part of what makes yeah. makes us, it think, all up. I think people think uh, that there's great. one Scottish accent. But of course, there's not. It's a, you know, even for people within Scotland, it can be difficult to understand people from another region of the country. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it can literally be just over a fence, can't it? It's uh, it, it's amazing how how um, you know, just how how um, small an area you know that it can change literally over a fence or a burn or a stream. Yeah, completely can, different. You know, have different accents uh-huh. in different areas of the country. Which brings us finally to our word of the week. Helen, have you got a word of the week? Well, I was just thinking that um, Graham mentioned the bridge over the Atlantic and there's a pub at the Seal Island side of the bridge over the Atlantic. And that was where the Highlanders, when they were no longer allowed to wear their Highland dress, their kilts, uh, during the Disarming Act after Culloden, that's when they used to change into the, take off their kilt and put on their trues, which are the, the trousers, the trues are the trousers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pub was called, I can't pronounce it, Gaelic, but it it's, means where the change of the trousers is the name of that pub. So trues is my word for trousers. What was it, Graham? Tyna Truish. Tyna Truish. It's a super wee pub. Yeah, just at, 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 at the Atlantic Bridge. Yeah. But, uh, so but I, I think as it's, as it's beginning to warm up at this time of year, I, I will say I'm pure bilan. And that's it's it means I'm I'm very hot, and uh, that's you know if it gets above fifteen degrees, Scottish people are pure violent. It's uh, just you get a bit hot and flustered, have to take a wee layer off. Yeah, we spend our life hoping for good weather, and then once we've had two or three days of oh, it's too hot, it's too hot. <laughs> Let's get back to normal. You know, there's a there's a sort of there's about one degree where it's comfortable. And it's like, oh, it's off a cold, it's so it's too hot. I'll use one that people probably know already, but just in case anybody doesn't know, well, we're talking about fish and chips, and we wouldn't normally call it fish and chips in Scotland. We'd call it a fish supper, because anything that we have out of a fish and chip shop with chips, we make it a supper. So you could have a haggis supper, a pie supper, you could even have a Mars bar supper. 
because we do actually deep fry Mars mm. bars. Now, I've never seen anybody eat a Mars bar supper, but it is possible. So, a mealy pudding. A mealy, a mealy pudding pad- supper oh, is really nice as well. A mealy now pudding we're supper. Talking. Mm. Yep. And black pudding. Yeah. yeah. So, a whole different language. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Graham. It's been fantastic yeah. chatting to you. Can't wait to get back to Glen Burnie again uh, one of these days. Oh no! It's always it's always <laughs> lovely having both of you to stay. It's uh, it's always some... fun. You know, it's uh, no, it's it's lovely. You've become lifelong you... friends. Although I, although I haven't <laughs> queued in a bathroom queue with you. You've, yeah. you've, you've become we knew you, we knew you would do well on here because you're king of the blethers. Yeah. <laughs> so we have some happy oh, times there. Good laughs. <laughs> thank you, Graham. It's been wonderful. And thanks, yeah. Helen, as well. And thank you, Graham. No, it's been lovely. Take care, girls. and there we have it the end of another episode of Scottish Blethers if you'd like to join us on social media you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as at Scottish Blethers and if you'd like to leave a review please do so on your podcast platform of choice it's cheery bye from me ta-ta the new from me And if I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the windy from me. Bye. See ya. Bye.